What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode 30, the 3 0 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. This week, we got a big lineup. We are chug sipper poor heavy. And with us tonight, we got Matt Hickman. We got Christopher Collette. Gentlemen, how are we doing? All good here. It's, uh, yeah, ready for, uh, for another, uh, another week of SNBG. <laughs> oh, I like the abbreviation. Yeah, that's what the cool kids call us. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue, but I still like it. Does, it. it does not. It, it it's better than so slightly. Chris, last week we were all in on Cookville. How much we loved it. The great time we had. It's a it's a sports nuts and beer guts favorite. How are things going there in in, in Cookville, the home of Mama and Papa Colette? So Monday night, woke up about midnight, saw some tornadoes going through Nashville. Uh, storms have always been something that kind of catches my attention and keeps me like, ooh, this is interesting. So I followed it, and then I saw the path that was going on. I was texting my mom. I was like, hey, got a tornado heading your way, FYI. Make sure they knew about it. I'm like, yeah, we're watching it. And I said, okay, good deal. And I just kind of followed along, and it luckily stayed a little south of where they live. And then it hit Cookville, went on. But it happened at 2 a.m., so you don't really know what kind of damage looks like or anything. And there wasn't much information, so... Go to bed, wake up at six o'clock the next morning, go to work, um, call my parents, make sure their house is okay, that kind of thing. Had a few trees down, nothing major. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to work, get get the bare minimums done. I was like, I'll go help my dad cut up some trees in the yard just to make the driveway accessible because my mom called me and she said, yeah, we had a pine tree in the middle of the road, so I had to drive through the yard. There's ruts everywhere now. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, good God. My dad's going to kill her. <laughs> uh, first thing I thought of. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll get what I need to done. And I went up there about 10 o'clock uh, on the way up there. Like there wasn't any cell phone reception. The storms, I don't know what they did to the Verizon cell phone towers in my area. It was terrible. There was no reception the whole way there. It was kind of like hit or miss. I could get calls. Some reason telemarketers still came through to me. I don't understand that one. And uh, get to Cookville, help my dad. And I start heading back and I stop to eat lunch and then I get on Facebook and I think that's probably the worst thing I could have done because yeah. it got so depressing. A guy I played softball with, uh, his house was lost. Another guy I played softball with, uh, he, he actually passed away in the, uh, in the tornadoes, uh, along yeah. with, uh, his six year old son. Uh, just that, that broke me. I was like, I can't go back to work at this point. At that point, I just, I was like, I just need to go home and hang out with the family because, I mean, at the end of the day, there's more important things than work. So the house is, uh, the damage is crazy. I had a professor at Tech that I'm close to. Uh, his house uh, was right there next to the tornado. Uh, luckily, it got spared uh, with only some minor damage to the vehicles in the house. Uh, but I would just suggest go go get blood if you can. Uh, it's simple. It's it's easy. Never really thought of it until it came to like to something I cared about. And now I'm like, oh, I actually see the importance of this now. So Pressure Cookville, pressure Nashville. Uh, it's definitely been a rough 48 hours, but things go on, I guess. So, Yeah, man. Thanks for the update. And, um, you know, for anybody out there, if you do decide to uh, to donate, let us know. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Um, you can slide into the old Twitter DMs there. Um, I try, Like Hickman, I tried to go get, donate blood, and evidently I am still at a high risk for mad cow disease. Because I lived on an Air Force base in Italy sometime back in the early 90s. And so the federal government still says I'm at a high risk for mad cow disease. Um, 
but that is something, you know, uh, something that people can do. Uh, most people will be eligible to do that. Uh, and as Chris said, it will make a huge difference. Uh, before we move on, Chris, I do just have one question. I always wonder about stuff like this. All yeah. over the news, you hear about Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. And, I mean, Germantown is where we stayed just a couple of weeks ago. East Nashville got hit real hard. Um, but does how do you feel being from Cookville that nobody mentions Cookville? It's all Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. Part of you, part of you says, "Hey guys, can you look at the fatalities? Cookville has 18 out of the 22 or 24 total fatalities from the tornado. Like common sense says, Cookville get hit hard. That's like one part of me. Other part of me, um, Cookville is an amazing town. Um, for those that don't know anything about Cookville." It has about 30,000 people and it's a college town that has 10,000 students. <laughs> um, it's, it's a crazy dynamic. You have pe- like Kofa lifers that have lived there forever. And you have people that came, went to tech and never left. And then you have, as I said, 10,000 students that are here every four years, you get a new crop kind of thing. Uh, um, there's lots of connections to Cookville. It's crazy strong. Uh, the university canceled classes the last two days, and today they encouraged their students to go volunteer. Um, that's one thing I was talking to AWOL on the phone about. It was actually a semi-blessing where the tornado hit that it didn't hit closer to campus because as you get closer to campus, houses are on top of each other. You have apartments on top of each other, and those apartments, good God, man, it wouldn't take an F1 tornado to knock those things down. Uh, <laughs> they're made so cheaply, so... Being that it didn't get near there uh, was a blessing, even though it, it it was a tragedy for for several families in the path of this tornado. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, on one end, you're like, hey, what about us? On the other end, um, Cookville has so many people caring for it that it's like, we'll be fine. So just a matter of which way you want to look at it. Glass half full, glass half empty. Well, we're going to spend episode 30 cheering up our friends and, and neighbors there in Cookville our good buddy, Chris Collette. And guys, we're going to jump right in here to a college basketball game that was near and dear to all of our hearts. Gentlemen, Kentucky got fault. What in the world? The 6'9", lanky dude who shoots without bending his elbow, who wears a girl's tennis shoe string around his head, Dropped 27 points on Kentucky. We were up 17 in the second half, and we got fault. Hickman, I I turned it off at halftime. I told the wife as long as we were up double digits, we would uh, we could watch a movie. So we we hit a little Netflix and chill action um, during the second half. I didn't think anything of it. The game didn't really matter to Kentucky, um, but my goodness. In my opinion, this is probably the second worst loss of the Calipari era. Uh, the first one being oh. Evansville. Hey, those are the only two home losses they have this year. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> to, to lose at home up 17 in the second half to no offense, but a not good Tennessee team uh, yeah, um, is is not a good look for Cal and, and this Kentucky team. So, Hickman, what happened? Well, first thing, where uh, what is – our boy John Fulkerson's hometown. I'd just like to ask that question in case anybody knew. Oh, is he from the Tri Cities? He is. He is from Kingsport, Tennessee. I hear there's <laughs> some great people that uh, come out of there. Shout out to McClure Boyd. Was one of those people. Anyway, no, no, good no free shout outs. No free shout outs. 
Especially and, to McClure. Andy. Uh, how about Andy? Does he get one? Okay, he, he can have one over McClure. Andy Hicks, Kingsport, uh, Kingsport native. But anyway, um, I, I don't know. I mean, like you were saying, uh, we were talking earlier. Apparently, Kentucky just sort of broke down, and Tennessee got hot. It seems like for whatever reason, Tennessee is just a pain in Kentucky's butt, and it has been over the certainly during the the Barnes era. Um, Kentucky's the, a f- the first Kentucky or first Tennessee coach to ever win twice at Rupp. Yep. Now that's yeah, it's not shocking to me. Tennessee does not have an <laughs> illustrious basketball history. The the brief Pearl era was fantastic, and you know, other than that, it's it's I'm, not been phenomenal. Tennessee does have the most wins all time at Rupp, just against Kentucky. Yeah. I, did, okay, I know Tennessee Kentucky has beaten Kentucky has more than anybody wins else. All time against because. Tennessee. Well, that's what happens when you play twice a year since the 40s. Yeah. But I don't know what happens. Sometimes these weird games happen where, I mean, they did what they missed two shots in the last eight minutes and got put backs on those two. I mean, just nuts. Got hot. I can't explain it sometimes. I mean, Kentucky came into this game, I think the last five games, the opposing team had averaged less than 60 points. The most scored, I think, was Ole Miss at 62 or 64. Yeah. And. Kentucky, who, you know, up until about two weeks ago, everybody thought our center, Nick Richardson, was the SEC player of the year. And the dude just was had nothing for, for like I said, Mr. Mr. Fulkerson there. So Cal switched him off to Ponds, and as soon as he started guarding, guarding Ponds, Ponds starts going off. It was just a terrible game all around. So, guys, massive comeback. Chris, where do you put the ceiling at for Kentucky right now? Uh, I would say Sweet 16, uh, Elite 8, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, I, as as some of y'all know, I'm a big Ken Palm fan. I, I pretty much live and die by his, by his rankings. Uh, I think there's a lot of validity to him. I would err on the side of believing them over believing his quote-unquote eye test. Um, Ken Palm hates Kentucky, hated them all year. Kentucky fans have been very uh, not happy with that, and – after watching last night, I'm like, man, I think that computer might be right. That's all I can say. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they're they're just as talented as any other team in the nation. Mm. Uh, how many talented teams are there in the nation right now? <laughs> Nine. <laughs> this is one of Calipari's least talented teams ever. That's why we have a bunch of juniors. That's why a bunch of sophomores and juniors it's right now. Also, one of the least talented years in college basketball. <laughs> That's uh, true. <laughs> like, I, I just don't see a, a team that's like you're like oh that team is very talented just poorly coached um yeah as far as talent goes i mean they're just as good i just don't think they can put together six straight wins against decent competition uh it wouldn't surprise me if they lost in the first round it wouldn't surprise me if they made it to the final four and lost there um anything in between it, it wouldn't surprise me uh, i don't you you don't really know what you're gonna get from kentucky uh half to half even at this point <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean there were two I, different teams. I mean, I put their ceiling at probably the Elite Eight right now, and that's just based on matchups. If they can get in as a three seed, I mean, your two seeds, you're looking at teams like Creighton getting a two seed. Um, but Kentucky's not deep. We got three guys on the bench who generally don't score. Um, and as Chris just said, sometimes we can play awesome in one half and then terrible in the second. You know, we had a 12-game win streak without ever blowing a team out. We haven't blown anybody out all year, even when we played Scrub City in Evansville. (laughs) Um, So I think absolute ceiling, and I thought this before the Tennessee game, was the Elite Eight. 
Um, but Hickman, what's the ceiling for Tennessee? Any chance they sweep into the tournament? No, it's it's not going to happen. What I mean, they're they're they don't have enough quality wins. I mean, if they had the thing, the thing is, they're a couple plays away from being a pretty solid tournament team. It's 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 nuts. Just you know, so many they had a couple of really close losses, and if they could, you know, a couple baskets away from being a twenty win team at this point, um, didn't happen though. Um, I don't think they get in. I think they could have a nice NIT run. They always seem to lose in the first round of the NIT whenever that happens. But I could I could see that happen. They're not getting in because they're – first of all, they're not going to beat Auburn on Saturday. Um, yeah. Auburn doesn't have anything to play for. Ah, still. I don't know. And it is in Thompson <laughs> Bowling. Did we. But Thompson Bowling, yeah. I, I, there is a scenario if that happens, then what's I the – the We did just the beat Kentucky at Rupp. But then they're going to have to Winners beat either Kentucky, Kentucky or Auburn in the second round, or I guess technically the third round of the SEC, SEC term, their second game, because they can't get to the sixth seed. Um, if they did, and if they, I, I guess technically they could have a couple teams lost. If they did that and they managed to get LSU in the second game, then sure, maybe that could happen. But I just don't, I just don't see it happen. I don't see them getting in. I see them getting in the NIT, and I think you want them to play in the NIT uh, just to get some of these guys like Viscovi. Um, y'all are shaking your heads, but they nobody need, they need wants the experience. To play in the NIT. Nobody gives a damn about the NIT. Nobody Unless... does, but you want the players to have <laughs> the experience because they're, they're these young kids that. What, what, I have a what? good story about this. Um, <laughs> so when I was a manager at Tennessee Tech, we uh, we had a good team. Uh, we actually had a really good team, uh, but the OVC is a one bid league. We didn't win. We finished second place in the regular season, and we finished uh, uh, second, third place. We finished third place in the uh, OVC tournament, third slash fourth, whatever you want to call it. We got, made it to the semis, lost to Murray State. And we got invited to like the CIT tournament or CBI, one of the two. I can't remember which one it was. And I literally told the coach, I was like, hey, Payne, I was like, if you want these guys to do well, you have to make practice fun. Because if you make practice a chore, I was like, they're going to go out there and say F it and just be like, we're going to lose this first game so we don't have to practice anymore. Um, What does Payne do? First practice, three hours of just absolute misery. <laughs> I wish I could have bet at that time. I would have put the house on Georgia State. Georgia State won by about 30. Um, yeah. Those tournaments are nothing more than are the players invested in it or the, do they like the coach they're playing for? Do they? Is it fun for them? You have to make it fun for them because if they're miserable, the house thrown in, it, it's, I don't think it gives you anything. So. If you're Tennessee, you got to beat Auburn. You have to win the second round, whoever you play in the second round of the SEC tournament. That bubble's so weak this year that Tennessee's wins over Kentucky, Auburn, and then another quality win in their last 10 games, having that in the last 10 games, could be enough to squeak in. So, in my opinion, NCAA tournament or bust. So they beat Auburn, said they, they beat, beat Mississippi State, and they lose to Auburn. Do you think that could get them in? Uh, they'd be yeah. ten and eight in the SEC play. The bubble's so bad. I think they need to win. I think they need to win two in the SEC tournament. So that's the thing. I don't yeah. see them winning and the second one. I don't. They've got to beat either Kentucky or Auburn, which they they might not. Game. But that's. I don't think they win. That Nashville. That, that's a help. I think it is at least. Well, guys, let's talk about something everybody's excited about: the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Oh, my sport. The winner of this PGA event gets a three-year exemption from not having to qualify for future events. Most PGA events is only two years. The Arnold Palmer Invitational is one of five invitational events on the PGA Tour. 
it has lately been dominated by Europeans. But guys, nobody cares about the Arnold Palmer Invitational. What people listen to the podcast for is they want to know: Do we chug, sip, or pour the drink, the Arnold Palmer? Arnold Palmer, easy for me to say. Which Palmer up that early nowhere. According to Arnold himself, should be made with three parts unsweet tea, one part lemonade. Hickman, how you feeling about this Arnold Palmer? Okay. As you all know, I spent a bit of time. This is I'm going to take a second to tell a weird story, but I'm going to get there. I spent a bit of time in Kenya, uh, and the drink there is it's called chai, which is a, ver- a version of, of tea. It's tea leaves. Sugar and milk all boiled together, um, and then you, you strain the tea leaves out of it, pour it in a cup. It's absolutely delicious. So I was there with the crew um, at one point in time. This is about 10 years ago, and uh, we're drinking our chai, and this one one person that was on my team, Christy, asked Jackson, who was who's Kenyan and was our uh, guide and translator during this time. She said, "I, you know, Jackson, I like tea without sugar. It's better that way. And she said, what do you think? And he had this weird look on his face. He said, tea without sugar? We use that to induce vomiting. <laughs> so I'm a hard pour on the Arnold Palmer because anything that's beginning with three parts unsweetened tea is terrible. So it's <laughs> it's an awful beverage. I can't stand it. I if, if what, I mean, I'm a fan of, of a number of varieties of tea. Sweet tea, obviously, is near and dear to my heart. But if you're gonna have cold tea, it needs to be sweet. And if you're adding lemonade to it, it's just it's making a bad beverage still bad. Hard pour. It's awful. Yeah, I'm coming with Hickman. I can handle tea, sweet or unsweet, and I can handle lemonade. I cannot do the combination, no matter how you do it. Uh, I know some people do half and half tea and lemonade. Nope, it ain't for me. I am a strong pour of the Arnold Palmer, Chris. Are we making this a clean sweep? It's definitely not a clean, clean sweep. <laughs> oh, boom. I'm, I am chugging it. Um, no, you're not. Without Tito's, you are not situation. chugging it. I am yes, chugging thank it. you. Uh, there is a barbecue restaurant called Prater's Barbecue approximately one and a half miles from my work. I go there on semi-regularity. And when I go there, they always have a special. And whatever your special is, it comes with a free drink. So I get the special, whatever the special of the day is. I get my drink. They had the little tin can things of sweet tea, lemonade, water, and I always do the little half and half. Mm-hmm. I, it's probably a little more than half and half. I just fill it with sweet tea almost to the top, splash it with lemonade. It is golden. I, I drink that every time I go to that restaurant. Uh, love it. Um, I'm chugging. I'm chugging an Arnold Palmer. I, I, I have to have sweet tea, so not a true Arnold Palmer, but well, nonetheless. I will, I will tell you. you points. A drink that I actually do like, and I'm hesitant to to admit, is called the old Texas sweet tea. Take a little uh, Firefly sweet tea oh. vodka, some regular vodka, and lemonade. Oh. Mix them in a glass. I don't know what it is. It doesn't taste like tea or lemonade. It tastes like delicioso. Uh, I will chug that. But Arnold Palmer, no thanks. <laughs> Guys, we are coming up on... Uh, the franchise tag deadline, um, it's on the 10th of, of March. For those of you who don't know, when you franchise a player, you essentially are signing them to a one-year contract. and You have to pay them no less than the average of the top five paid players at their position. 
So you got an unrestricted free agent and you want to keep them for another year without signing them to a long-term deal. You franchise tag them. Technically, I guess they could just not sign that tag, but for the most part, because they're getting paid so much, players are going to sign it and basically stick it out unless you're Le'Veon Bell for another year. Chris, do you chug zipper pour the idea of the franchise tag in the NFL? I'm going to pour it out. Um, I don't know how owners got players to agree to it, but it it really does hold players hostage until they're past their prime. And at that point, most teams are just like, okay, we tagged you for a year. Sometimes they can tag you two years. Or, I mean, yes, that, or more. <laughs> yes, they can even tag you two years. And then you're like Le'Veon Bell, who – um, I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but he was one of two running backs in football to have more than 100 carries and have zero 20-yard carries last year. Um, <laughs> Stud. Yeah, so that, that's what happens with the franchise tag. It's terrible for the players. Um, I know the players are probably about to agree to a new CBA agreement. Um, if they were smart, they would do away with it. I mean, four years of control plus the fifth year if you're a first-round draft pick is plenty for a team that – they should commit to you after five years. You shouldn't have the franchise tag. They either commit to you or you go sign somewhere else. So I'm pouring it out. Yeah, I'm with Chris. I assume the only way players agree to this is because of how much they get paid on that one-year deal. But here's the deal. Players that are getting franchised are already making that kind of money to begin with. They're not, you know, you're not taking a, a league minimum player and all of a sudden paying them some extra money. These guys are already making tens of millions of dollars. Um, I don't know how or why players agree to it. It's awful. It gives the owners way too much control. Um, so I, I'm with Chris. I'm pouring everything out today. Hickman? Yeah, I really don't have anything to add about that. You guys nailed it. Uh, it's a pour for me as well. It's nailed not, it. a, not a good system. Yeah. <laughs> Well, next week we'll talk about all the players that were tagged, and then we'll talk a little more about free agency. And we'll have a much more spirited discussion there. Potentially where Tom Brady ends up. Um, I don't know if you guys saw rumors are heating up that San Francisco, which you heard it here first about a month ago, is potentially a real option. Just saying. Unreal. I, I did see a great tweet about that. And somebody said, how can you let your franchise quarterback know that you're looking at somebody else? And somebody replied to him and said, well, it's probably because uh, Shanahan watches game film and sees that Jimmy G throws the ball to the other team about three times a game. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. It could be worse. You could have Jameis Winston. Um, <laughs> guys, Garth Brooks made headlines for the first time since he had Miley Cyrus. Um, he was What's, wearing... I'm <laughs> Uh, uh, Garth Brooks is not uh, the achy breaky <laughs> heart. <laughs> you confuse Garth Brooks and Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Thank you. Well, as, as been stated many times on Sports Nuts and Beer Guts, I am not the music aficionado. Um, Garth Brooks, who has friends in low places, um, there you go. was wearing a Sanders jersey and was getting crushed all over the uh, the internets. Twitter was in an uproar. How could Garth Brooks, a country-loving, USA-flag-wearing icon, be supporting uh, not Barry Sanders? They were afraid our boy was supporting Bernie Sanders. (laughs) 
guys, we're not even going to talk about Chuck Zipperpore, uh, Bernie Sanders slash Barry Sanders jersey. But I, what I want to know is what jersey of yours, we all have a bunch of them, gets the most comments when you wear it out, Hickman? <laughs> oh, man, that's really – I laughed a lot at that. It was really funny, the old Barry jersey. <laughs> but um, I do love a good, bad jersey. Um for me, it's probably my jersey of Washington Redskins icon, Gus Farratt. Oh, yes. You would think it's the Heath Shuler jersey, but uh, I no, I have both of the Redskins quarterback draftees from 1994. Logan found me the uh, Shuler one from who knows where. That was a great find. Um, I'm guessing eBay. Had, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I've had the old old Gus jersey for a long time. Years ago, there's a website called straightcashhomie.net, which was a blog of spotting bad jerseys in the wild. And for some time, there was a picture of me next to, I believe, AWOL and David Kern were also wearing bad jerseys. But I was front and center holding up four fingers looking to buy tickets scalping wearing my beloved Gus Farratt jersey. So that was uh that was pretty good, and I'd still get comments on on Gus. He's like, "Hey, you're wearing a jersey that dude that headbutted the wall." <laughs> yes, yes, I, I am. I'm a big fan of Gus Farrakh because he has the seldom seen silent R in his last name, as we talked about Jamal yeah. uh, Jamal Baker a few weeks ago. Gus with the silent R. Chris, what jersey do you have that people people comment on? Um, my most commented jersey I've worn would be uh, Atlanta Falcons Michael Vick. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I, I wore it to a five k about eleven years ago. Quite the conversation starter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got lots of looks. Some were great, some were awful. Gave people high fives. Uh, everybody had a thought on the jersey though. That was when it was kind of a polarizing uh, subject. Not that mm-hmm. it's not now. I mean. Because 30 to 30 was released and it was still controversial yes. now. So you can imagine, I don't know, 11 years ago, how <laughs> controversial that might have been. So Michael Vick would be mine. Uh, for mine, it's probably my Cincinnati Bengal great, Jeff Blake. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime I wear that, if anybody knows who Jeff Blake is, I get the <laughs> shaking Blake uh, wherever I go. But. Trumping all that, my daughter has a pink and white Chad Johnson jersey that says Ocho Cinco on the back. And she gets comments everywhere whenever she wears that from football fans and on. Evidently, everybody knows Mr. Chad Johnson. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but we are in the midst of a global epidemic. Well, it's a pandemic. It's soon to be epidemic. The coronavirus is spreading like crazy. Um Yet to make it to Tennessee, but no, boy, it is. There, it's here. There are rumors that it's about to implode on Tennessee. It's here as of today. Oh no! You brought it here, Hickman. Blunt, blunt memorial. You better stay on those antibiotics, kid. Uh, yeah, you're you're spreading it. Um, guys, there was a stat that came out that said 38 percent of Americans say they would not buy Corona under any circumstances right now. Corona beer, that is. Um, due to the coronavirus. Um, <laughs> that's the world we live in, guys. They're not buying it. Um, now, corona sales are up 5% year to date, uh, year over year. What, what's what's going on here, guys? First of all, are you chug sipping or pouring the corona beer? 
And then I want your take on, is this clever marketing by Corona or is this just some idiots who don't know how to fill out a survey? Hickman? Well, if it's clever marketing, then I believe next week we're starting Ebola bourbon and just see if uh, <laughs> see if that distillery is going to take off. Um, okay, the product, I'll go ahead and, and go a sip. It's 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 a nice solid beer. I'm 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 a fan. It's not my favorite, but it's not uh, not bad at all. You can always bring a Corona and it be a hit to to wherever you bring it. So I'll, I'll land there. Um, as far, as far as the sales impact up and down, the thirty eight percent are people that are not super intelligent, um, and the five percent I'm convinced are people that think the only way to prevent the coronavirus is to vaccinate themselves with Corona. So it's sort of like you know. We're old enough to remember that we thought people were stupid because of lack of information, like pre-internet. No, that wasn't it. That's not why people aren't smart. <laughs> it has nothing to do with lack of information. <laughs> Chris, where are you at on Corona? Um, so, Corona, I'm going to uh, chug it because it's my drink of choice when I'm at casinos. Uh, you sit at a casino, they bring you free beer, and always go with the Corona light and it it's just a drink I don't drink normally but when I'm at a casino I am drinking lots and lots of Corona so I will chug it for that reason as far as the 38 percent um people are just dumbasses. I mean that's all I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say anything about elections or anything <laughs> um it's it's more than well-founded 38 percent of Americans are just dumbasses. um mm -hmm. probably more Mm -hmm. As far as Corona sales being up 5%, I think that has to do with people throwing coronavirus parties. 100% uh, chance that's the reason because college kids normally aren't, aren't pounding the Coronas. Mm -hmm. But I can see some fraternities throwing a coronavirus party and just buying up, going to Sam's Club, Walmart, and just buying every Corona they have and throwing the party. So that's what I'm going with there. Yeah, I agree with Chris. Only I'm probably sipping Corona. It's not even my uh, my favorite Mexican beer. I'm a Modelo kind of guy, um, yeah. but I am actually drinking a Corona tonight. Um, as Hickman said, it's the go-to beer. You can bring Corona. Nobody's upset. Everybody's going to drink it. It's everybody's beer. Um, so I'm sipping. It's not my favorite, but, but I do like it. Um, here's the deal, guys. 38% of Americans will probably say they won't buy any beer under any circumstance right now. If we're being honest, you know, I My don't parents know. wouldn't buy any beer. That's for sure. Right. So I don't know who did this survey or how it was worded, but if you think about it, there's a huge population that will say, yep, never buying any beer under any circumstance. Never. Um, sales up 5%. Chris nailed it. People are having parties. Um, so I mean, if, if I'm Corona, oh. Pro tip on this one. If you had Coronas, um, instead of going to the store and getting a lime, just go to your local Sonic, get a cherry limeade, ask for some limes on the side and a side cup. They'll bring you a cup of limes free of charge. Already you have your cherry up. already cut up. You have your cherry limeade. You just pour some Tito's in it when you get home. It's like <laughs> two birds, one stone. It's great. Uh, here's a pro's pro tip. You don't need to put the lime in the Corona. Uh, we'll agree, agree there. That's a bad idea. Um, guys, the NBA Rookie of the Year race, uh, for some reason, has decided to heat up. Is it a race? Um, 
evidently, um, there are several prognosticators on the internets who think that uh, it's down to Ja Morant or Zion Williamson. Ja Morant's averaging 18 points, seven assists, uh, potentially could break the rookie assist record that's lasted for close to 20 years now. And his team right now is slated to make the playoffs. Hmm. Uh, Zion is averaging 24 points and six rebounds a game. He has played all of 15 games right now. Um, and there are some who are ready to give him the NBA Rookie of the Year. Chris, who should win the NBA Rookie of the Year? And are you chug sipping or pouring a guy winning this thing after playing 15 games? Um, so I'm going to pour out a guy playing 15 games and winning it. Um, and I'm going to uh, say John Morant deserves to win it. Um, his team is 29 and 26 when he plays. Zion Williamson's team is eight and eight when he plays. Uh, Jaw's team is better. What can I say? Um, Jaw's exciting. He's fun to watch. He's he, going into the season. I was. I've never had an NBA team, and I, I said before the season, I'm like, okay, they got Morant. I'm going to be a Grizzlies fan, not knowing exactly what he was going to be. He has surpassed my wildest imagination. He fits. He's a superstar. He is the best player in franchise history uh, for the Grizzlies. Whoa. Yes, I said it. What? Yes. Mike oh, really? Conley has a no, bone wait, to pick wait, with wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Yeah, you, can't, you can't nail Zion for small sample size and in the same breath say he's the best player in Grizzlies history. <laughs> he's Touché. he's a superstar, yes. He's the best player. That's Mark Th- Their Gasol second best player is Mark Gasol. That's their second best player. Uh, Mike Conley. Zach Randolph, Mike Conley. Mike Conley Mike- is not close. His jersey will be in the rafters. Mike so Conley just got benched close. by the Jazz, for Christ's sake. He's he... 73 years old. <laughs> Zach, they they traded a first-round pick and took on $30 million a year to get him. They were so excited to get him. Oh, my gosh. Um, No, I'm saying, like, like he's the first superstar Memphis has had. Like, Mark Gasol was great. But John Morant, like, just watching Jaw try to dunk on Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis stand there like a little bitch trying to take a charge. <laughs> it was great. I love John Morant. I love watching him play. He's entertaining. Memphis, um, I don't know if you knew this or not, three weeks ago they hit their over, the Vegas over-under, has already hit the over. M- player of the year, not MVP. Player of the rookie, rookie of the year, whatever the hell it is that we're talking about. John Morant, rookie of the year. I love John Morant. Um, played his college ball in Kentucky. Zion is a super superstar. I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's fat, but he is a superstar in the league. You can't give it to a guy who, I mean, he'll play more than 15 games, but is not even come close to playing half the games this season. John Morant's team is better. You got to give it to him. Hickman, where are you at? Very similar. I love Morant. I think he's absolutely the rookie of the year. I'm still reeling over Chris's comment about the about him being the best player in team history but he will go down as best player in team history Okay, that's possible and that's a different statement like i mean wasn't tyreek evans oh. awesome as a rookie and then burned out like i mean it, it, oh. it can happen so i don't Chris, i don't see john morant like being a driver in a drive-by shooting but whatever <laughs> chris hope you don't pull a hamstring backtracking like this i ain't backtracking at all john morant best player grizzlies okay. history he i watched he makes Grizzlies games watchable. He makes NBA games watchable because you never know when he's going to try to dunk on somebody. It's awesome. He shoots the ball well enough. Superstar. Okay. I, I mean, I 
don't disagree with those things. I just don't think he's the best player in Grizzlies history also, after a small sample size. Also, Zion, I'm, I'm sure the Pelicans are going to be eliminated here shortly, uh, and then he's going to have a mysterious knee soreness and miss the rest of the year. So he's going <sighs> to play about 24 games. Stud. 6'6", 285. Those things don't add up. <laughs> hey, you know what else doesn't add up? The SWAC decided to name our boy Thomas Lee. I don't know why I said our boy. None of us know this guy. Oh, he's our boy. He is uh, He is definitely my boy. Yeah, he. we would love to have him on the podcast. He is sports <laughs> nuts and beer guts material. Thomas Lee, better known as Snacks, um, <laughs> was named the SWAC Player of the Week. Guys, Snacks is a manager for Jackson State. He, to be fair, has grown up in Jackson. Uh, Mississippi always been a big fan of the team. They decided to let him dress. They clearly were not prepared because that Jersey, if you have not seen the video, <laughs> it took half the team to get that thing on him. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know snacks, the name fits snacks is as wide as he is tall, but guys, the last game <sighs> of the year snacks gets in. And <laughs> I love how ESPN only shows the one three that he made. Uh, Cause to be fair, it was from Steph Curry range. They on a fast break snacks decides he ain't running much further across half court <laughs> gets the ball jacks up three without even jumping credit to snacks, nothing but net. And my favorite part of the video is, I mean, there's still 30 seconds left to go in the game. Snacks does not cross half court to get back on defense. He's cheering, <laughs> high-fiving people in the stands. Snacks comes off the bench, goes one for four, shooting threes, has three points in two minutes of action, and is named the SWAC Player of the Week. Hickman, Chuck Sepper naming a manager Player of the Week. Oh, I'm chugging it. It's awesome. I it's it's ridiculous, but it's so you know, you you're the swag player of the week. Let's make it a feel good story. And yes, Snacks that that jersey did look like Chris trying to put on a shirt he wore at Johnson Bible College. <laughs> my, fa- my favorite part of the story is his name is not Snack. Because <laughs> he's never stopped at one. His no, name is Snacks. No, he went back for another one. It needs to be plural. Yeah. I, I love like and, and being a being a big dude myself, like I can relate to put on a shirt that's too too small and then you got the old belly button donut. <laughs> it's just you don't see it much on a basketball court, so you gotta appreciate that. Uh, uh I'm a big fan of snacks. Uh I wish my nickname had been snacks at some point, but uh <laughs> I, I'm chugging. Chris, I know where you're going. Um <laughs> I'm absolutely chugging. I like Hickman. <laughs> I wish my nickname was Snacks. Uh, once, once I heard that was his nickname. Um, as a manager, I, I got to be in alignment with other managers. Team manager over here. Um, yeah, I loved it. It's a swack. Nobody gives a damn about player of the week in any conference. More or less a swack. Um, sign me up. Chugging that all day. Watching him hit the three was priceless. The bench reaction. You get like three goggles going up. You got players running on the court. Um it was awesome. I chug every every bit of that, um, everything about it. I'm chugging. Oh. It was awesome. I'm sure Logan's going to be like, I'm going to pour that out because well, I'm uh, a real athlete. Oh, Guys. one of four, three points. <laughs> <laughs> he has three more Division One points than you got, Log Dizzle. <laughs> Poor Snacks was one for four. 
on the night. He played two minutes. Guys, the SWAC tournament, I'm pretty sure, is this weekend. And they have decided that there's nothing more important going on right now in their league but to name Snacks as the player of the week. I do agree with Chris that nobody cares about that honor except for the person who's, you know, the person's mom who actually wins the thing. Um, but guys, it's it's a feel-good story because a fat kid put on a jersey and jacked up a three. Uh, I'm going to sip this so I don't get shamed. Um, but y'all, You're Snacks, still is, shamed. Snacks <laughs> is not some, you know, I don't know if y'all saw, I think it was Vermont who had some, uh, some guy who was, yeah. You know, High-profile athlete got in a car crash, car um, and they let him score on senior night. Um, guys, this is not Snacks' story. Snacks loves Snacks. <laughs> For some reason, they let him put a jersey on. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't run. He hasn't oh, done whoa, anything. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hasn't practiced. Managers are at every single practice. They are when, at the practice. When they coaches the jumpers every day. When coaches call 6 a.m. practice, the managers are there way earlier than 6 a.m., Chris, um, do you really well, think Snacks was there before 6 a.m.? Absolutely, yes. man. So, it, it's unfortunate. House. I can't no. tell you how many practices I had to attend. Hungovers all get out. Like I basically walked out of NETs and stumbled over to the Evelyn Center for a practice. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, managers are team managers. Oh, awesome story, Snacks. Well, shout out to Snacks. snacks. Speaking also, of, there's a lot of downtime while players watch film and the managers are out there on the court just shooting shots. So he's practiced that shot before. He was in his spot. He was in his like money spot right there. Props to Snacks yeah, for knowing because where he it was. wasn't going to run any further down the court. No, Irrelevant. Man. Irrelevant. <laughs> Guys, speaking of Snacks, um, friend of the podcast, McClure Boyd, posted on the Facebook page that Kit Kat is the Michael Jordan, the goat of candy bars. Guys, Kit Kat has come out with a birthday cake flavor. Uh, that's one of three new flavors this year. Lemon cream, raspberry cream also coming out. Last year, they introduced the dark chocolate mint. Guys, I'm just going to come out and say it. Kit Kat is nowhere near the Mount Rushmore of candy bars, much less the goat of candy bars. Um, the only Kit Kat worth putting in your mouth is the white chocolate one. Because there's, for some reason, a lack of white chocolate candy bars out there. Kit Kat, pour it out. It's not terrible, but there are so many better options if you're going to go for a candy bar. Hickman, speak some sense into McClure Boyd for me. Yeah, Kit Kats are fine, but they're not. I'm with you. They're not on the Mount Rushmore. You know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Reese Cup as my goat. It's it, it's nope. it's the all. It's no Milky Way. Oh, stop it. Milky Way? Milky Way Zero is fine. Bar. Zero bars. <laughs> well, there's your white chocolate representation, but Man. I'm going to go Reese Cup, Snickers, Butterfinger, and a Baby Ruth on oh, my, uh, on my uh, yeah. Not Mount Rushmore. Rushmore's terrible. Kit Kats are fine. And well, here's the thing. Like, you'd realize Kit Kats aren't that great because they have to make lemon cream and raspberry cream and dark chocolate mint. Like Reese cups, they just add different varieties of peanut butter and chocolate, and that's it. That's all they need to do. Yep, no nougat in that thing. Chris, where are you at on Kit Kat? Nobody even knows what um, nougat is. <laughs> so when McClure posted this and said it was the MJ of candy bars, I just assume he's talking about the Mark Jackson of coaching of candy bars. <laughs> um, 
And before Kit Kat oh, starts coming out with these special flavors, they should perfect the original thing because the original thing is is extremely replacement level. I've never ate a Kit Kat bar and been like, man, can't wait to have another Kit Kat bar. Nope. It's it's like, oh, why did I get this? Why did I think it was good? God, Kit Kat bars, McClure, you, you can't come up with a better, better candy bar? When your good kid comes God. home from Halloween trick-or-treating, who is digging through their kid's candy looking for the Kit Kats? I I sure Nobody hope it's no. I sure hope it's not McClure. That's embarrassing. Nobody. That so is embarrassing. so embarrassing. That's like that's like digging through for the baby Ruth. Nobody does that either. True. Baby Ruth are delicious. I had a, they, it's, they it's can be delicious, but yeah. If your name is Sloth, you're a big fan of the baby Ruth. If your name is other than Sloth, it is not worth eating. Yeah, I'm, I'm pouring out a Kit Kat bar. I don't give me a zero. I don't like chocolate that much, but. Give me a zero bar, all about the zero bars, or a hundred grand. One of those two, I'm good to hmm. go. Hmm. Well, guys, sometimes I think that we will all put on our Mount Rushmore. NBA Jam was released 26 years ago today. Oh, yeah. Guys, not only is NBA Jam on the Mount Rushmore of sports video games, do you put NBA Jam on the Mount Rushmore of all video games, Hickman? Some, I mean, I haven't been... I haven't played video games in forever, and then basically all I've ever played. You're lying. Games. You're lying. Do you have <laughs> do you have kids or something? <laughs> yeah, let me go fire up the Xbox One or whatever the newest <laughs> thing is. Hey, whenever uh, college football comes out again. Oh, we talked about this. We're all in on that. That was on on the yeah. podcast. We we would. I'm in on college football whenever that happens. But no, I put NBA Jam in my in my top five for sure. Um, of course, all my Games are going to be sports games, I guess. You know, I put Mario Kart, Mario, NBA Jam, the Madden franchise, and the um, NCAA football franchise, which would be my number one. Hickman, I know you went to Bible college and you may not be a social studies scholar, but Mount Rushmore only has four heads on yeah, it, not five. Yeah, I, I did say top five. So if I had to nix one of those, I will nix... Uh, it's probably sacrilege, but regular Mario. Oh yeah, yeah. Mario Kart's awesome in all yes. forms. Yeah, got to be on there. Yeah, Mario. Chris, yeah. Where are you at with NBA Jam? Oh, I'm, I'm pouring all of it. It's great. It's fun game. It's it's. Doesn't sound like you're pouring it. If it's pouring sorry. It. sorry, I'm a little drunk right now. <laughs> I meant I'm pouring it in my glass to chug it. There you I'm go. Chugging it. There you go. Chug. Ugh. Chug it. I love it. It's a great game. I hate the whole yo-yo effect where yep. um, you better That's not get about it. You no, know, you better not get hit too many points. You better not be too much. Like you better not be better than who you're playing because then they'll be like, "Oh, we got to help you out here," and they do. Um, it's That's a great game. Great about Jam. Chugging it. Got it right that time. Chug. Yeah. Chug NBA Jam. I'm with Hickman. Mario Kart's got to be up there. NBA Jam is up there. Uh, I'm a big GoldenEye guy on the N64 back in the day. Um, you got to put that on there. NBA Jam. It's it's awesome, baby. It is where it's at. Yeah. Um, you got to go with NBA Jam. Guys, I don't know if you saw this. McDonald's has decided to produce candles a collection of six candles that each smell like a piece of a quarter pounder. There's a candle that smells like bun. 
I don't know what that smells like. Um, there's one that smells like ketchup, one that smells like pickles, cheese, onion, and then a beef candle. Light them all together. You're supposed to smell, make your house smell like a quarter pounder. Well, KFC decided they would not be outdone, and they partnered, had a little collabo with Crocs to create these Crocs that look and smell like fried chicken. Chris, you have to choose. Are you wearing fried chicken Crocs, or are you having your house lighting it up, smelling it like a uh, quarter pounder? Which one you picking? Um, I imagine a McDonald's quarter pounder smelling about like my tain after a trip to CC's. <laughs> um, so therefore. <laughs> By process of elimination, we're going with the KFC Crocs. <laughs> Hickman, I'm not going to ask you what Chris smells like after CC's. I just want to know where are you at? Gosh, I don't know if I can recover from that one. Um, so the problem is I would have to be seen in public with these. Well, not necessarily. The Crocs is is the thing. The KFC Crocs. You can wear them to mow your yard in or something. I, I'd wear them to Vinny T's, so I guess that's what I'll go with. Well, I guess. I mean, good answer. Who, coming up with six. I mean, it feels like if I asked my daughter what she wanted her candle to smell like, she'd say ketchup. Mm. She's, you know, she's. This sounds like one of my wife's uh, ideas. She loves McDonald's. I don't understand it. I got a notice on my credit card today that somebody ate eight dollars worth of food at McDonald's, and I was just. <laughs> cried to myself <laughs> such terrible food serenity oh. by snacks <laughs> guys i can't i'm one of the few people in the world that cannot stand ketchup i don't know why you'd want your house to smell like as i mentioned bun or onion or pickle um this has got to just be some sort of little uh, little marketing thing McDonald's is going for because nobody's really buying this except for you two maybe getting this for Christmas this year. Uh, Might be I'm, an aphrodisiac for my wife. <laughs> oh, well, I'm wearing my KFC Crocs around smelling like fried chicken. Guys, we got a couple more here before we wrap it up. Um, like to get your all's take here. The North Carolina high school wrestling champion in the 106-pound weight class was won by a girl named Heaven Finch. Heaven Fitch. Chris, Chug Sipper Poor, guys wrestling girls. I'm going to sip it. Um, I understand some, like, some... They don't have like it's a hundred six pound weight class. How many guys are actually in a hundred six pound weight class? Can't imagine it's too many. So uh, for that one, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense that guys and girls are wrestling against each other. Other ones, if you get up to like one seventy five or something, uh, I'd be like, okay, the girls should probably fight girls and guys should fight guys because the guys are probably going to win that one more times than not. So, but for hundred six pounds, I understand it. I'll sip it. Same, yeah, same here. I mean, hey, if she she whipped him, good for her. Heaven, quite a name. You mean naming your third kid Heaven? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> wait, wait, we're having a third kid. Oh, <laughs> slid that one in there on you. Yikes. Yeah, I um, I assume it would be awkward wrestling a girl. Um, but you got to do it. I mean, if she is whipping these dudes, my favorite is the picture of her on the podium and the three guys that she defeated are all just looking like the most embarrassing little 
I mean, they're 106 pounds, little punks that there are. Um, she's been wrestling for three years. So kudos to heaven fit showing the boys what's up. Um, but I'm sorry if you're a North Carolina high school wrestler, guys, you got to get it together. Um, last one I put on here was for our good buddy, Cole Huffman. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Marshawn Lynch has been asked to speak at Princeton. The Ivy League University, he has been asked to speak to their senior class for class day. He'll basically be the keynote speaker right before commencement. And students are pissed. Hickman, how do you feel about Marshawn Lynch speaking at Princeton? Um, I feel like if I had graduated from from Princeton... I would be pretty angry too. <laughs> that Marshawn Lynch is my speaker for commencement. Uh, but as someone who did not go to Princeton, I think it's fantastic. So I'm going to chug it. <laughs> Thanks for uh, saving yourself there. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. If um, I wish I, I looked for it earlier to try to find his old blog, his beast mode blog. Uh. Yes. I did it was too. Back when he was in Buffalo, and like, like, what else did old Marshawn have to do in Buffalo? Um, man, I love the guy, but so yeah, Chug. This should should make for some very entertaining, um, you know, sound bites. Yeah, Hagman, I looked for that same blog because I remember reading it in college, and oh. you could not even <laughs> read it aloud. It did not make any sense uh-huh. at all. No, it's like college education. Yeah, I assume a uh, an agent or somebody finally got in his ear and had that thing deleted because oh, yeah. it was embarrassing. Chris, why in the world did Princeton like? How did he even come up on their radar when they when somebody sat uh, in an office and said, "Hey, I think I can get Marshawn Lynch, guys. What do you think?" I, I don't know how it happened, but I'm chugging it because every commencement speaker I've ever had to listen to, I've just wanted to shoot myself during their speeches. And I guarantee you, Marshawn Lynch, I'd be sitting there at the edge of my seat going, what's he going to say next, guys? This could be exciting. So it's memorable. It's different. I'm chugging it. Like, I mean, most people for those senior day commencement, whatever speech he's given, they're not listening to a damn word they're saying. They're just sitting there because they had to be there. They're forced to be there. At least Marshawn would be entertaining. Uh, He might even just get up there and be like, I'm just here because they're paying me. Uh, exactly. <laughs> pretty good speech. Uh, enjoyed it, fellas. Keep it real. Yeah. Talk about just being there because you have to be. Guys, Marston Lynch is not some social media. He's not some present presenting guru. Like the dude's not even particularly good with the media. Um, as we mentioned, his blog has it's not even, I mean, you can't even read it out loud. It does not make any sense. The guy is from California, went to college in California, has played most of his NFL career on the West Coast. Again, I don't understand how Princeton even came up with like, hey, you know, this one guy played for the Buffalo Bills for a couple of years. I think we can get him out here. Um, I imagine it's going to be a train wreck. I would love to see the sound bites because I think Marshawn Lynch is going to speak for less than 10 minutes, which students may love. Um but he's going to speak for less than 10 minutes. It's going to be gibberish. He's going to be eating Skittles the whole time he's talking. Um, you have not gone through four years of Princeton to basically be energized and applauded by Marshawn Lynch. Uh, so I got to pour this out. This is a terrible idea. I don't know why he would even agree to do this. 
all all around terrible idea. Guys, this has been episode three zero of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. Um, on the way out, just want to want to remind everybody uh, if you can donate some blood uh, to our friends over there in Cookville. Uh, hopefully this won't become a sports nuts and beer guts curse. We mentioned Kobe Bryant in episode 24 and he died the next week. We mentioned how much we loved Cookville terrible tornado comes through. So say a prayer for the sports nuts and beer guts that we will no longer be cursed. Um, but big prayers up for Nashville for Cookville. Uh, they're still looking for three people. Hope those can, uh, hope those can be find alive and well. Um, but we'll be back next Wednesday, episode 31, coming to you on the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts.